Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Howdy, y'all. This is Rhett Miller, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Hello once again, Martin Popoff back for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast, pleased as always to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right, uh, this is episode 199. I'm calling this, Why Is This Depressing? Um, there were other longer titles I was going to come up with. You know, this is kind of a mix of the personal, and uh, and maybe you will, you'll agree with some of these uh, reasons as well, but um, tough one to do because it was a depressing episode to do. So the whole idea here is, well, I, a few topics have happened lately. I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little as we go on. Uh, one is the posting of my uh, uh, goldmine list uh, for the Uri Heap top 20 songs and we got into a little uh, discussion there, but we'll uh, we'll save that for later. But the whole idea here is um, certain kinds of music over the years that I found depressing as a rule and trying to figure out why uh, some of it has to do with time, some of it has to do with instrumentation. We're going to hear different reasons here, but uh, but yeah, I've, I've just always wondered and I've, you know, talked in video shows or whatever and I bring up that word depressing, you know, just music that you hear and it just gets you down and you don't like it and you don't play it for that reason sort of thing. Um, and these are not the usual reasons, right? Um, so there are the usual reasons. I mean, there's gothic music, there's, there's the cure there's joy division you know there's all sorts of music that's made to be sad and and you know that makes sense but um but this is uh this is more of a like why why are these depressing and that's why the title why is this depressing sort of thing so yeah let's uh let's get right into it uh let's take a listen to our first selection here this is the doors with strange days All right, so 
the first category here, this is roughly chron uh, chronological, but what I wanted to, to get across is the fact that so much of psychedelic rock I find depressing. I've got, I've got two iPod classics full of this stuff. I've explored it. You know, I've got my, uh, I went through my Nuggets garage uh, rock phase. Uh, I've got a bunch of psych CD box sets as well. I find the whole thing fascinating to study. Um, but man, psychedelic rock has always uh, made me depressed. And I thought I'd go with the biggest guns uh, available. The Doors are so depressing in so many ways. I mean, uh, but I love The Doors. I mean, this is kind of a different one where where I love the band and this is almost like a, a depression that you can mire yourself in. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's the depressing thing because we lost Jim Morrison so young, but really just the whole jazzy keyboard thing going on you know the creepy monsters cousin it of uh, of ray manzarek you know the whole hammond organ thing really hammond is the creepiest sounding of all the organ or synth sounds and and i think that's a part of it as well but yeah the doors have a lot of things depressing about them there's obviously jim's dark psych lyrics as well um you know another one that i almost played and i just switched at the last minute was jefferson airplane it, it is airplane right for these yeah at this time a uh, white rabbit um you know again you get um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later, but minor keys. Uh, but essentially what you get with a lot of psych, you get a lot of this bad acid trip psych. And even the happy stuff doesn't seem happy to me. But this this bad acid trip thing, you think of drugs and LSD and dirty hippies and mental instability and, you know, the disorienting cover art, you know, with too much stuff on it. Um, it's just sort of a smothering sort of thing. A little bit of Eastern religion, sitar. There's a lot of reasons why this stuff is sort of uh, depressing. Now, um, something else I wanted to bring up is, is the idea that, um, you know, my first encounters with psych and all of it moving forward, I was not there at the time. I would have only been, you know, five, six, seven years old, but by 12 and 13 years old, I knew that stuff existed and I would, I would hear it and it would just sound scary to me, right? Because you think of drugs, right? Um, and these, and these, you know, older teenagers getting in trouble. It just seemed really, you know, the clothes, the, the sort of like the cowboy clothes or the, or the true psych clothes. So everything about psych has always depressed me. So there's this wall that goes up that I, I can't, I can't address that stuff. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's definitely one. Yeah, yeah I, I think of poverty in San Francisco. I think of bikers uh, and, and all of that. You know, Traffic was a band that just depressed me for various reasons. But Love, you know, you think of Forever Changes. And again, you know, a, a good example of this, um, of this sort of, a creepy minor key sort of sound is Alone Again Or. It's, it's got, you know, we've, I, we've had it covered by the damned and UFO, so I know them for those reasons. But yeah, it's just got these these uh, these unsettling chord changes, and I think that has something to do with it. Moody Blues uh, does that as well, but Moody Blues, you also get this layer of uh, Mellotron is a very creepy sounding thing, isn't it? It sounds like you know ghosts and angels and stuff, right? I mean, Mellotron is just a funny, creepy sound as well, just like Hammond is. But Moody Blues again, you get that exploration of you get. Uh, classical music and the vocals seem far off in a distance and you know the album covers are are kind of like uh like dystopian sort of worlds uh, on them so so yeah that's the first example chronologically speaking the last thing i want to say here is um 
You know, I don't really particularly feel this way about garage rock, surf music, most of what the Beatles do, 50s music, uh, 40s music, <laughs> the blues even, uh, it doesn't seem creepy to me. So so really, it, it's almost like uh, this is the first... Classical seems creepy to me, actually, quite often. Classical's another funny thing where you're thinking uh, adults, establishment band class um yeah I, i'm not sure exactly why um you know tv commercialism soundtracks to movies uh are, are you know are were usually classical um so that's in there as well but yeah it's uh, i i definitely want to single out among you know rock and roll popular music styles this is the first time that i'm hearing a really creepy music um all right, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset and special offer to history and five songs with martin popoff listeners you can get 10 percent off your first month of professional therapy at better help.com slash five songs that's better h-e-l-p dot com slash five songs thanks again to better help for sponsoring this episode. hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price and yes she loves them now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, let's move on to our second selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Black Sabbath with Under the Sun. Okay, so this is a really strange category for me. Uh, this goes back to a, uh, a video show I did on Sea of Tranquility with Pete Pardo where we were talking about how it's odd that I like a lot of late 70s stuff by all, all the classic bands the most. And Pete, who, even though he's a little younger than me, likes a lot of the early 70s stuff. And I started sort of examining why. And this is a great example. So I love Black Sabbath to death, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, but I've always had it in for the Volume 4 album, even though it was the first one I ever bought with my own money. It's always seemed sort of smothering, depressing to me. Um, just something mournful about the riffs. You know, and people say Black Sabbath as a rule is supposed to be like that. It's kind of designed like that. I don't particularly feel that way. I don't feel that way about even an earlier album, Master of Reality. To me, that's a happy album. I, I love it. It's a great headbanging, warm and fuzzy album. But I definitely feel this way about Volume 4, and it's also the main reason why I put Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, and Paranoid pretty low on my lists as well. People are always shocked. Oh, what do you mean you don't like Paranoid that much? Um, so it So those three definitely... There is this thing about the early 70s stuff. And I also feel a little bit that way with um, Deep Purple in rock. I mean, in rock, on paper, it's it's kind of better than Fireball and maybe Machine Head and who, who, who do we think we are. But um, I just there's just this oldness to it that bothers me. And sometimes this oldness of, this, of the early 70s records by these bands, some of it comes from the production. The production is usually kind of sober and humorless and mid-rangey and, and in rock is a little bit like that. But anytime I hear like a vestiges of jamming or the blues perhaps um and in rock i I just hate that album cover and the inside is just so depressing in terms of even the cardboard that it's made out of like the original and those and those grainy black and white pictures um it just everything about it just seems in the kind of dumb title in rock um i I, everything about it just uh just screams depressing to me so when people see that low on my list they they kind of freak out um so yeah, um, let's leave it at that for this uh, for this department. Well, I'll I'll just say one other thing. Um, 
and I guess uh, again, this this falls into uh, you know, there's a parallel with what I just said about psych and time. It's that maybe there's something to be said for the fact that I was not musically woke yet in 70 and 71, 72, definitely starting to be 73, 74, absolutely, 75, uh, you know, 75, I'm 12 years old, well on my way to, to, to knowing this stuff. So the point is, is that um, you were not there at the time getting it as new releases. So maybe there's, there's a, a little bit of a temporal wall that goes up between uh, when you were awake and, and you knew what was going on with this music and when you had to reach back, even if it was a year or two in time, to grab it. Maybe that maybe there's a creepy factor or some sort of a time travel factor that, that factors in uh, or brings in depression uh, into the situation. Uh, anyways... Let's go. Let's get even more depressing. Uh, boy, now we're now we're in real trouble here. Uh, psychic trouble. Take a listen to this uh, track number three. This is blood, sweat, and tears with spinning wheel. Man, okay, so the most depressing music that I find on the planet is this early 70s, late 60s stuff with horns in it. Man, rock with horns in it. So Blood, Sweat, and Tears, you know, they've got this one, Spinning Wheel. They've got that also creepy because it's kind of religious-y and up-tempo, And When I Die. Uh, you've made me so very happy. Oh, oh th- this this uh, this stuff with these horn arrangements. What is it about horns that bothers me? Um, and you know, maybe it's David Clayton Thomas. That's his name, right? Uh, voice. I've even interviewed the guy once, right? Uh, uh, maybe it's that uh, mixed in with a piano, kind of like honky tonk piano, but just the funkiness and the soul aspect of it. Um, minor keys. The fact that it's sort of like. The album covers are all kind of dark and grainy and sooty looking. Um, you know, another band that falls into this category for me is Steppenwolf. People people talk about, oh, we love Steppenwolf. You know, cool album covers. The band looks like real rockers. Uh-uh. Iron Butterfly, same thing. Um, so again, I guess we're kind of into the psych thing, but, uh, but sticking with kind of the horn arrangement, Chicago, the other one that really depresses the heck out of me. Um, and another one that's a little bit in this sort of idea of... Um, we're bringing into the idea of minor keys here as well. Uh, a perfect example of that, a band that's always depressed me, Santana. You think of uh, Oil Como Va. Um, and I asked Greg Rowley at once, I might have brought this up uh, in a previous episode, but I noticed I haven't done the depressing episode yet. But um, I remember asking him about this and said, you know, something, something really depresses me about Santana. Is it the is it the dark minor chords, Diablos in Musica? Everything sounds dark melodically. And he says, you know what? I've never looked at it that way, but it is all minor chords. It's true, but that's kind of the essence of that music. And I don't consider it dark as I do heavy. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's it's it is blues based um it is hard blues based and the melodies i mean black magic woman was written by peter green for fleetwood mac see there's another perfect example of this right um and when he was in the blues era and he came for playing straight blues and later um okay which is actually so he's talking about this santana song which is actually a happy song is also minor but i don't consider that um 
that morose or anything. It's just a minor song. Some minor songs are beautiful. So that, but that's a that's a dark beautiful. That's a different thing. Um, so it all depends. But yeah, it is mostly major melodies, but seems to be a little happier. It, it's true. Um, so he's saying major melodies are, are happy, minor isn't. Okay, we, we kind of know that, um, but it doesn't do that to me anyway. So he kind of he kind of whiffed on. Uh, he wasn't agreeing with me on this, but uh, you know, I looked up a, a few other things about Santana. I found a Reddit thread that mentioned a few things. Um, as a child, Carlos learned how to play the violin. His father and Carlos played in a mariachi group. He later learned how to play guitar. The reason for the change, when his family lived near the border of Mexico, he sauntered many blues musicians, which was a new sound Carlos enjoyed. So when I hear him play, I definitely hear mariachi and blues influence. Um, so that's that's interesting. Mariachi music uh, also does a little bit of this. So you hear that in here. But other guys you know, piped in and said, Smooth, for example, is a mix between minor, pentatonic, and harmonic minor. Dorian, he uses a lot of minor pence with the sixth and two uh, two added for flavor harmonic minor will get you a good exotic feel to the sound so here's using the word exotic i'm calling it depressing um for what i've heard santana plays most of his songs in the dorian mode however so it's your vanilla minor scales with a different root um i think most if not all his riffs are in a or a minor scale i remember some friends joking around how he's a master of that scale and nothing else um yeah, other ones like this. I I went and played, you know, to prepare for this episode. The Electric Flag. Remember those guys again? The horn arrangements. Oh, they got this song called Soul Search, and just everything I I hate and find super depressing about this '60s music. I don't know what it is. I I think of myself riding around in the back of uh you know the Galaxy 500 station wagon as a kid, listening to CJAT Trail Radio, and they're playing all these blood, sweat, and tears and Chicago's type songs, right? If six to set whatever it's called 25 you know the the number songs or whatever right um but yeah so so um something something about that stuff just just sends me into a depressive spiral um okay let's move on to i actually mentioned this one too so uh, some other ones that i said here uh, oh yeah this was a uh, a little bit of a theory that theory that i found a musical key is by definition a certain collection of notes that the piece of music is composed in there are a total of 12 minor keys and each minor key contains seven notes that can be used to write music that is in that key so what makes a minor key a minor key it's the pitch difference between the notes and the key if arranged in ascending order the seven notes within a key form a scale which when played uh, makes the unmistakable wistful and sad sound listen to the c major and c minor natural scales and you can immediately recognize the upbeat bright character of the major scale and the melancholy mood of the minor scale so there you go a lot of this is definitely going to have to do with that uh let's move on to a fun one here um uh, this is uh selection number four your eye heap sweet freedom Okay, so this is late in in the sequence. So so I I do these top twenties for Goldmine, and I usually get into a battle with people. I love arguing on Facebook, right? Who doesn't? Um, but uh, but I got into this sort of uh, thing. You know, people are saying, "What? No circle of hands? No July morning?" And and I would I would shoot back and say, uh, "Those songs depress me. I find there's this depressive." religious religious cult suicide cult quality of some of these things when you get the horns you know or the um the uh the Hammond organ going uh Ken Hensley maybe on the lyrics David Byron's vocals these these really kind of churchy um 
uh, chord changes, which you're hearing, this is late in the song Sweet Freedom. I think it's a perfect example of that. But yeah, I hear that a lot. They've got some really doomy, depressing things. And 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 with those guys, so so I, I kind of laugh at, uh, you know, this quality in your I Heap because I, I love earlier I Heap. It doesn't really apply that I, that I find that stuff dated like volume four. Maybe a little bit the first album's got some stuff like that. And I'm not a Salisbury fan, but Look at Yourself I'm, is a happy, you know, pretty, pretty rocking album. Although you think of even... Um, uh, Easy living, easy living is is very spooky and doomy sounding, right? Um, and and again, it comes from classical. It comes from Ken Hensley. It comes from the fact they got organ in there. It comes from the fact that they've got they've got these amazing harmony vocals, which sounds very churchy at times, right? Um, so yeah, as I was pushing the point further, I even joked that hey, it would be interesting if somebody came up with the um, the top twenty. Uri Heap Suicide Cult songs, right? Um, because it really does sound a lot like the end of the world with some of this stuff. So that's why I had No July Morning or Circle of Hands in there. Those long, mellow, spooky, creepy songs uh, by Heap I, I left off of my list. Um, and it, you know, again, scarred in the, you know, you grew up in the 70s. You were kind of scarred by the vision of the Harry Krishnas on the corner or at the airport, you know, the the weird saffron robes and the little white paint on their forehead and the, and the mantras and the drums and the handing out literature and, you know, the shaved heads. It was very... Very, very scary looking, right? Mooney's not so much, you know, but then of course we had the Jim Jones suicide cult. That's a, that's a psychic scar right there. That's a big one for me. I mean, that one really disturbed me, you know, almost on a 9-11, um, uh, level, right? You think of you th- you think of the events that were really impactful, but yeah, I remember those pictures and reading about it. Very scary stuff, right? Um, but so so the so the whole uh, you know, and I'll bring up also, you know, it's funny when you read old Black Sabbath interviews and they talk about going to America for the first time and they're freaked out about Jesus freaks, right? So, so it's almost like they were more scared of, uh, of, uh, not, not, not the witchy people, but, but more like the, um, kind of the religious cult, Jesus freak, you know, compound, uh, sort of thing, you know, people pro protesting their shows. They're thinking they're going to get killed going on tour. They're just innocent guys from Birmingham. Right. Um, so yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, and then that made me think of other sort of, um, you know, overtly religious songs that that creeped me out as a kid. I remember the, the George Harrison, My Sweet Lord. That was very creepy. Doobie Brothers, Jesus is Just All Right With Me. That was always really creepy. And then also um, one that I've talked about many times is uh, is Yes. Yes can be like that. And then their, their uh, Nadir Nexus uh, fulcrum point uh, is the Immense Tales from Topographic Oceans album. And I brought out my copy just to mention the song titles, uh, The Revealing Science of God, Dance of the Dawn, uh, The Remembering, High the Memory, Ritual, New Psalm du Soleil, The Ancients, Giants Under the Sun. And the lyrics on here are absolutely straight religious cult, lock you in a basement, no food, just some water, piping in John Anderson lyrics, you know, and, and you'll and you'll come out, you know, a, a, a pretty crazy religious cult out in the woods, uh, suicide cult, uh, you know, beam me up to, remember those guys, the beam me up to the, uh, you know, the aliens are going to come take us away, suicide cult, I think that one was in California. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a whole department as well, and uh, and I think uh, like I say, humorously, uh, Uriah Heap and Yes both, and you know what do they have in common as well? Both of them have these sort of warm and fuzzy positivity lyrics 
and but but I would say that that in some cases, more so in John Anderson's lyrics and more so in your I heaps music, both go too far. Kind of interesting. Uh, okay, take a listen to our last selection here. This is the Pixies with Wave of Mutilation. Okay, so I have the Pixies on the mind lately, um, and and so that's why I wanted to put this one in here. Um, I've just recently interviewed uh, David Lovering and um, Joey Santiago from the band, and uh, you know we had a little chat about this, like what is the Pixie sound? What are they like? And I thought David mentioned something really interesting to me. Uh, this idea that uh, you know, I don't know if he's, he's exaggerating, but he, you know, bands often say this. It's kind of a cliche. Oh, I look out in the audience now, and it's all eighteen-year-olds and stuff, right? Um, but he really said it kind of convincingly. Um, so I thought, wow, and you know, and and he said we're kind of a cool band, right? You know, he says I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, sound sound like I'm bragging, but we're kind of a cool band. And then he went into this thing about how everybody's young, and that reminded me of the whole post-COVID and everything. You know, we're going going through with social issues where, you know, mental health is, is like a big thing right now. So, you know, I said to him and Joey on, on these separate interviews, it's like the Pixies are kind of like a, like a mental health band. They're kind of like a depressing band where unsettlingly the music, as in what I just played you here, wave of mutilation, unsettlingly, the music can be kind of, um, kind of upbeat at times but you know with it with the eerie female vocals of kim deal coming in and and uh and just the lyrics you know like this one drive my car into the ocean right so it's happy music um but it's off kilter kind of edgy it feels like the uh, the ground is moving beneath you it's uh, it's it's a little earthquakey uh that the album cover art is not very communicative of anything there's not pictures of the band the titles are strange you know everything about the band is is just a little um kind of depressing i guess the category here is modern is is modern music just just to show you that it's not just old stuff for me but this old stuff for me thing is is a really strong one and that's a big message to take away from this and black sabbath i I guess is a good example of this because i know a lot of younger people who just who just find everything creepy about the aussie years of sabbath it's all just sounds like a bunch of hippies on drugs to them right and things don't really start sounding shiny and upbeat and and cogent and and you know in a mental health way uh not not uh not fragile when you get ronnie in the band um you think of the you know the the vast difference between heaven and hell and mob rules and and the Aussie years you know especially even in it's heightened for you when you think of technical ecstasy and never say die right at the end those are very white knuckle harrowing sort of albums so is so is sabotage right so so this last category is is you can have modern stuff that's that's depressing um that really you know when the Pixies do depressing, it's almost like they're being artful about it. It's a little different than an overtly trying to write depressing music. Um, but it's just something about, ah, my world's ending, you know, I'm broke, suicidal, depressed, and all this. There's just, there's this weird, happy music. It sounds like uh, the band is crazy. We're all crazy. We're all crazy to, together. Uh, April Wine, the whole world's going crazy, right? Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird. And and I, I equate this a little bit to... Um, 
and then I, I started thinking, uh, you know, you can have obviously all of your own personal reasons for certain music being depressing. And, and to me, the whole college rock thing, your college years, your unsure relationships, all that sort of stuff. Don't know what you're going to do for a living, what the, what the future holds. So I, I feel like my college rock years, uh, all of that stuff, even if it's not particularly depressing music overtly came off, comes off now when I play it as wistful, melancholic. Uh, I think of the replacements. I think of Firehose, Minutemen, even Soul Asylum. So there's, you know, you've got your whole, uh, your whole sweep of the of the uh, Minneapolis scene there. Fifty four forty. What a great band those guys are. That's a that's a, um, a Vancouver band. I remember seeing tons of times in university. They've they made a whole pile of albums. Um, boy, how many would they have? Tenish tenish albums, maybe even more. Um, but uh, but yeah, really cool sort of. But but definitely melancholy. The lyrics are very introspective, very psychological. Um, so you could put them in that category as well. Maybe they're a little bit like the Pixies, right? This idea of happy music set with um, with set with uh, depressing lyrics. Maybe Nirvana's a little bit like that for for some people. You know, you you can't say that was an up tempo band. Um, so there you go. That's our that's our last uh, last department here. Um, you know, so so again, um, you know, we're we're in modern times, so it, this doesn't have to be linked to time. But the kind of interesting thing, as I as I look at all of this, um, I definitely have this thing. You know, starting before 1974, 73, I'm much more likely to find uh, a bunch of uh, that music. Uh, depressing as we go so uh where are we here so yeah um if you like this show of course and want to uh support future episodes please go to kofi rhymes with no fee.com slash martin popoff hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint um on that front this week i would like to thank andy of black sugar transmission david fisher carl isaacson dennis lawson tim may monty olson augustin garcia de Prades, steve polari randy pratt Randy's a buddy of mine and and Randy um yeah check out his stuff he's been in a bunch of bands but he uh, was uh, instrumental in the revival of Cactus uh he also had that great band the Lizards sort of like a good classic rock I remember this idea about the new classic rock was talked about with uh with that classic uh, that Cactus 5 album really cool he also did a um a fiction book uh, which is really cool called Lucifer beautiful packaging as well so you want to might want to check that out as well uh, but yeah the Lizards is amazing Bobby Rondinelli dr- drumming on that stuff and and Randy is the bass player he's, he's a consummate bass player as well um, also this week I want to thank um, Brian Sager and John Stuckey as well you can go to martinpopoff.com for your book needs um been pretty quiet if you're thinking about getting a book uh now's a good time i don't know i think usually when the weather gets good uh people stop getting books from me but uh yeah still have the acdc still have the damned uh the damned i'm super proud of uh if you want a book and you don't know much about the damn you want something to get you into the damn that is a book that uh, basically analyzes every single song they ever did. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of my favorite books I've done, the Alice Coopers. Basically, uh, yeah, martinpopoff.com for anything in print. I sign them, ship them out of the office here, PayPal buttons there. Um, still, still doing art. I've got some other art stuff to do, but you can go to martinpopoff.ca and look at that stuff. Um, and I'm doing prints of... Um, you can go to Art Pal and look at my gallery there, and there's the prints of uh, what is it? Oh yeah, there it's only only just the um, 
those uh, portraits I've been doing, uh, pencil crayon on black. Uh, so there you go. Uh, hope uh, hope you like this. Hope it didn't depress you too much. Um, don't go play any depressing music. Go play some. Uh, you know what? Go play the uh, the one album that the is the absolute opposite of of uh, depressing music, and that's uh, David Lee Roth Skyscraper. Bye for now. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R&R Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.